as promised, the sports rabbi, Rabbi Josh Halleckman, is going to be joining us in a second here at JM in the AM. Many of you at this point are aware of the fact that Israel had quite a day at the Rio Olympics yesterday. <laughs> quite a day is right. Um, when there's a medal won by an Israeli athlete, an athlete representing the state of Israel, you know it's a good day. Yardane Gerbi is the name of the uh, athlete, a, a judoist who uh, came in third place and won a bronze medal yesterday, or by Josh Halleckman. Like nobody else knows his sports in the state of Israel and joins us live via telephone. Sports Rabbi, welcome back to JM in the AM. What's going on, Nachum? Everything is wonderful. I'm curious if Yardane Gerby was in your pre-Olympic analysis as somebody who could walk away with a medal. Yes, she certainly was. Yardane Gerby, actually. Ah, Yardane Gerby. She has been a world champion. Nachum, she won the 2013 world championship in the 63-kilogram category in judo back in Rio, actually, in 2013. So she's familiar with the facilities, familiar with the city, and uh, she did Israel and all the Jewish people worldwide very proud yesterday. It was an amazing day. Nachum, you have no idea. I was at the president's residence today, Ruby Rivlin. I was rubbing shoulders with Ruby Rivlin this morning at a special event representing Maccabi Tel Aviv Football Club. And i got to tell you that the talk of the, of the event was all about uh, Yarden Jerby, <laughs> how amazing she did, and what kind of... Forget about everything else that was going on. She was the highlight of she was the highlight of this event. Rabbi Josh Halleckman is with us, a sports rabbi from Israel. Yardane Jerby is a bronze medalist for the state of Israel. This brings sports rabbi the medal count in the history of the state of Israel to eight: one gold medal and assorted others. Uh, why is it that half of them? are in judo. What is it about Israeli society that has brought up young people who become experts at this sport? You know, you have to take a look back to the 92 Barcelona Olympics when uh, we won two medals in judo. The first ever medal for Israel was won by El Arad. First ever gold. Silver medal. Oh, that was silver, right? And it was a silver medal. And then Oren Smadja won a bronze medal that same year. It's kind of interesting. A lot of people don't remember that Arun Smadja actually won a medal that year because he was overshadowed by Yardane Jerby being the first ever. Not Yardane Jerby, by, really by... You said Yardane Jerby. By Al-Arad. By Al-Arad, right. Excuse me, Al-Arad. Right. Yes, the Al-Arad. And I think that really opened up the, the eyes of many people that judo is a sport that uh, can be participated by Israel across the world and can be a very strong sport. Arik Zevi, of course, a former European world champion, and uh, he was also a medal winner in uh, 2004 at the Athens Olympics, also winning a bronze medal, of course, represented Israel extremely well. Um, you have to remember that now, today's we had we have a number of people that could have won medals in the judo category, and we still have a couple of more people coming up in the next two days so it's a very exciting time right now. Sagi Muki, who represented Israel in male judo the day before, made it to the uh, to the bronze medal match and then fell, unfortunately, but was close. I think that gave Yarden Jerby that that initiative to take it the next step further. And who knows? Today we have Linda Boulder, who is representing Israel uh, originally, and Ola 
from Holland, and she's going to be representing Israel in the 70-kilogram category. And on Friday, we have Ori Sasson, who is in the 100-plus kilo category. He's uh, quite the individual, Nachum. He's a big man. Huh. A big man he is. And these are another two uh, individuals that, who knows, could possibly walk away with fine results. Um, we have a lot of good judokos, that's for sure, Nachum. And that's for sure. But Josh Halleckman is with us. We have the best sports rabbi out there uh, with us live via telephone. Are there any other sports going into these games where people might have suspected or still suspect that Israel could place in a gold, silver, or bronze category? Yes, definitely. We still have coming up next week. Actually, right now, I'll bring up Mayan Davidovich, who's a sailor. She right now is in fifth place overall in her sailing category after, I believe, three days. Today she's off, and I believe that they finish it off tomorrow. Uh, that that uh, and she's very close at being in fifth place right now. She's very close to a medal. She would have been an, a dark horse. So if she does finish with a medal, that would be phenomenal. Though wouldn't be shocking to the insiders. We also have Hanna Kiznieva Minenko, who is a triple jumper. She will be battling for the gold medal in that event next week. Wow! Um, she's an amazing. She's an amazing athlete. And we're really looking forward. She definitely will be battling. We have Ilana Kartish, who is a wrestler. She's going to be battling for a medal next week as well. Um, there are, you know, we also have, of course, a rhythmic gymnastics team, uh, which is fantastic. Um, which they will also be battling for a medal. They have won world and European championships before. So I remember speaking to Miriam. I remember speaking to Miriam Nachum, and I told her. Don't be shocked if we walk away with three or four medals here. Right. And I'm going to say it very tentatively, but don't be surprised. Uh, Josh Halleckman is with us from Israel. Uh, I'm curious about the background. I'm, I'm not sure how familiar you are with this. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you know, we're curious what different aliyot have had in terms of influence uh, on Israeli sports society, uh, whether it be an aliyah from Ethiopia, from Russia, etc., uh, do we know where Yardane Jerby's roots are? Is this somebody who's, uh, you know, an, Isra- an Israeli for many generations? She's Israeli as Israeli can be. They actually were broadcasting live from her parents' home, and her mother was so excited as <laughs> she won. The flags were waving. It was an absolutely uh, tremendous moment. I was actually speaking to one of the hosts, of our Olympic coverage here on Sport 5, Arusa Sport, the sports channel. He was at the uh, the Bay Tennessee at the President's House today, Modi Baron, and he said to me the highlight of the evening for him was seeing the family celebrating. He back here in Israel and celebrating, and, and just not only were they celebrating, the whole country was watching this at 10.30 yeah, last night. I can imagine. Literally the whole country. Uh, any other sports influenced by those who come from other countries or whose parents came from other countries? Yeah, I mean, again, today we have Linda Boulder, who's uh, made Aliyah with her husband from the Netherlands a couple of years ago. Right. That would be one, for example. Donald Sanford, who's going to be uh, one of our runners, he'll be uh, in the athletic competition. He's from the United States. He'll be participating next week. Letitia Beck. Nothing. You ever hear of Letitia Beck? No. She's an LPGA golfer. Hmm. She is originally from Belgium, and uh, her family settled in Kisaria. Luckily for her, because that's right next to the only golf course in Israel. <laughs> so she is. <laughs> so she settled there at the age of five. 
trained many years in the United States, went to Duke University, but represents Israel, the first Israeli ever to be on the LPGA or PGA Tour. Um, so, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, Hanak Kiznenko, of course, from the former Soviet Union. And we have uh, rhythmic gymnastics. Many of the athletes there uh, are, again, also from uh, the former Soviet Union. It could be an Evangelina Teitelbaum, which is, you know, an interesting name in itself. <laughs> Ekaterina Levina, uh, Karina Livyar, Alona Koshevtyevsky. So those are all, uh, again, all from the former Soviet Union and the countries around there. Uh, this is, you know, it's really Kibbutz Galiot. Nothing. That's uh, what it really represents, these Olympic Games. And in this case, the Kibbutz Galiot has really, really helped the Israeli sports scene, <laughs> to say the least. No, definitely. <laughs> rabbi Josh Halakman is with us, a sports rabbi. What do you make of this Amari Stoudemire story, that he wants to play basketball in Jerusalem? i got to tell you, Nachum, having Amari Stoudemire speak about the Jewish state, speak about his love for the holy city, Speak about wanting to play basketball in Israel is the greatest, the, really the greatest uh, Hasbara we can get. Yeah. Does it get any bigger than that when you have articles in the New York Post and the New York Times and the New York Daily News and around the United States that here's an NBA player who could have probably gotten, a, we know he's had injuries and he's not what he used to be. However, he probably could have gotten a contract with the team in the NBA, as he told us a couple of days ago. And he decided that he wanted to come here to Israel. And he's not coming for one year, Nachum. He has said that he's committing to be here for two years. Yeah. He really wants to explore this, you know, the, the roots, what he calls his Jewish roots, his Hebrew roots. And, you know, really, at the end of the day, the more friends we can have here in Israel that can uh, do Hasbara for Israel and the Jewish state, around the world is you know is what we need. Yeah, what impressed the most important husband. Uh, what impressed me the most was his attitude towards Shana Bet because he made a point <laughs> he, he made a point of saying that I'm not even though he didn't put it this way but it sounded like it to me. I'm no tourist. I'm not letting my my family just you know show up for a few months and and leave after what seems to be a tourist-like experience. We are going to really enjoy and experience the land and live like we are residents of this country for a couple of years. So, I thought that was a pretty cool attitude that he portrayed. No, definitely. Uh, again, having him here is spectacular. He along with Omri Caspi and another and another few NBA players, uh, Chris Copeland and a couple of uh, famous type of people as well uh, from the media world that are in Israel right now. And they had a, a, a program here in Jerusalem a couple of days ago at the old Malcha Arena, at the old Jerusalem Basketball Arena, um, which uh, was great. It was really well attended. The media is picking up on it, of course, here. Uh, this, is, this is huge. The story of Amari Stoudemire is massive in Israel. It's not, not to be discounted. Uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv basketball may have been signing some great players who used to play in the NBA, like Andrew Godolo, who played for the LA Lakers, but Amari Stoudemire, rookie of the year, a all-star, somebody that has, you know, bigger than life character, and that has, uh, has been to Israel before. This is not his first time. He actually represented Canada in the uh, the uh, last Maccabee games, he didn't play, but he came with the Canadian uh, Canadian contingent of the Maccabee and was at many different events. My children had a chance to meet with him. He was a five percent owner of a Paul Jerusalem, which he had to sell his shares to the team to be able to be an active player next year. Uh, it's, this is great stuff, Nachum. In sports, 
What, what could be better? I was talking to a player today from Hapol Beersheba. His name is John Ogu. He is a Nigerian. He uh, has been playing here in Israel for the last three years. And he said to me, he's about six foot four, big central midfielder, and also a great lover of Israel. Otherwise, he wouldn't be here. There's, you know, there's no reason why some of these people would be here. He loves Israel. He loves to be in the Jewish state and, and help our Israeli teams. We have three teams right now in soccer that are about to, on the cusp of qualifying for European competition this coming year. Last year, it was only Maccabi Tel Aviv. This year, we have Apol Beersheba, Maccabi Tel Aviv, and Beitar Jerusalem. Wow. All three of them. And he said to me, this is him talking, somebody that is not a, a, you know, a member of the tribe. And he goes to me and says, this is so amazing for Israeli sports. Last night, Yardin Jerby, we're going to be fighting on three European spots to go into Europe and to represent Israel, because each team I know represents the whole country. It's not just that we represent our city that we're coming from, but we represent the country internationally. When we are going to a country like Scotland, and which they're going to be doing next week up Old Beersheba, they'll be playing Celtic, one of the great, greatest all-time European franchises. The, the fact that a team from Beersheba is going to play in front of 60-plus thousand people in one of the greatest stadiums in Europe, what a sign. What, hmm. It's an amazing accomplishment for, for Israel in sports and athletics. Yeah, amazing nothing. For those of us who sometimes focus on the, uh, the way Israel is treated in isolated episodes on the international sports scene, what you're telling us is certainly a different story and one we should be emphasizing. Right, Josh Halleckman is with us, sports rabbi from Israel, celebrating Yardane Jerby's victory yesterday, bronze medalist at the Rio Olympics, and you've heard what kind of reaction it's had in Israel. By the way, you mentioned the, uh, you mentioned the old, uh, Malcha Arena. Is, is the new one right there? Or is it also next door to it? Like where, how, where is it, the new Actually, one? Actually, it's right next to the stadium and right next to the mall. So if you know where the Malcha Mall is and where the stadium is, it's literally right next door. And the old, 11,000. The old uh, arena was there? No, the old arena was actually in the neighborhood of Malka, oh. where the re- in the resi- in the middle of the residential neighborhood, a twenty-two hundred seat arena. Gotcha. Um, let's put it this way: Wayu's uh, gymnasium <laughs> is, was a, a much finer facility, right? From what so, I let's remember. Let's put it that way, Nahum. So, <laughs> so this new one. About, this, so, so this new one has five times the capacity. I mean, it's 11,000 seats. Wow. It's bigger than the arena in Tel Aviv and Yad Eliyahu, the one that you were at for that uh, EuroLeague game that time. It's a little bit bigger, about 500, 600 seats larger. And it's amazing. Jerusalem needed, forget yeah. about for sports. Obviously, for sports, it's great. But the fact that we now have in Jerusalem a state-of-the-art arena that can host concerts, be it Avram Fried or be it and Alipa or be it whoever else that may come here, from, you know, this and that. And we have a, a now something better than a convention center that we had in Binyane Haoma. Binyane right. Haoma only seated about two, something, 2,500 people. And it was, you know, let's say it was not the latest in technology uh, building across from the Tachana America's Eve. Now you have a full-fledged arena that can have trade shows, that can have conventions. It's, uh, I got to tell you, I got to hand it to Mayor Nir Barkat. He's done a fantastic job in Jerusalem. We are... You know, we're moving ahead light speed in this city. Yeah, no question about it. Um, and I look forward to seeing that arena. And what is this season? Hapol, Yerushalayim plays from what month to what month? Hapol, Jerusalem, Hapol, Yerushalayim basketball will begin training camp at the beginning of September. They have a couple of preseason tournaments. 
and then they begin their league in October, and they also begin their European league. So not only did they play domestically, where they play Maccabi Tel Aviv and Maccabi Haifa and Naharia and many of the other teams, they also will be playing in Europe, as they do pretty much every year, against teams from Italy and Spain and many of them France and Germany and England and so forth and so on. So they'll also be participating in European basketball. And the minute, i got to tell you this, got to give credit to the Paul Jerusalem, uh, their PR guys. The minute Amari Stoudemire was signed, I got a text message on my phone, make sure you get your season tickets now. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> and i got to tell you, they sold, from what I understood, the two hours after he signed, they sold 500 more season tickets. And they already had about 6,500 season ticket holders within two hours. 500 season tickets. Hmm, i got to start investigating what the secondary market is like for those tickets. Could be a good investment, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the, um, <laughs> by the way, uh, Yardane Jerby is from Natanya, so a special shout-out to Natanya Israel, who I'm sure are celebrating with the rest of the country um, mm -hmm. this great achievement. Uh, the Hapol Yerushalayim uh, sports season ends when? It starts, you just said, in October. The EuroLeague and the uh, the local league, so to speak, when do they come to an end? They come to an end in the month of June. So oh, they'll wow. play through European basketball through usually, if they can keep advancing in their tournament, they're actually not in the EuroLeague. They're in uh, the Euro Cup, just a secondary tournament for the EuroLeague. Maccabi Tel Aviv is in the EuroLeague. Right. But they'll play, hopefully, if they advance, which they have not had very much luck the last few years, and everybody's hoping that they'll advance this year to the next rounds, uh, they could play into, you know, deep into April, May. The domestic season ends at the beginning of June, and uh, next year, actually, Nachum, next, uh, next summer, we have the, uh, we have a European basketball championship, basketball championships, which Israel is actually hosting some of those games. It's going to be split over four different countries, if I'm correct. Israel will be one of those four countries hosting a number of basketball games of the European Championship next have, year. Have they? It's very exciting. Has Israel ever hosted a regional before? Uh, they've never hosted this level. This wow. is the highest. They've hosted the EuroLeague a championship game back in 2004 when Maccabi Tel Aviv actually won, even though it's a, it just happened to be that Maccabi Tel Aviv was in the game, and luckily they had a home, home court advantage. But uh, to host a tournament like this, we've had three tournaments, but never the European or World Championship or a part of thereof uh, being in in Israel. So that's a very big accomplishment um, to be able to be one of the finalists and then, of course, being chosen as one of the four countries that will be representing uh, the European Championships next year. That's fantastic. All right. So we host different countries. So we, we, we should. We have the Maccabiah next year, Nahum. In the we summer. We have the Maccabiah next year. The sports don't end here. Yeah, I know. The summer of 2017 is going to be something. Um, and in terms of the uh, Israel hosting that, uh, you know, the, part, the piece of the tournament you described, so I guess we could expect some uh, calls for boycotts, please God, right? Because once you hear the calls for boycotts, you know we've made it, right? <laughs> That's for sure. But i got to tell you, in basketball, Israel is a very, very strong country. It's recognized by the, the heads of the European uh, European basketball, and of course, the FIBA also is one of the very important countries. Because Israel's been very successful, Maccabi Tel Aviv has held that torch for so many years, being a very important, uh, a very, very important team. And the owners are very important within the European system, hmm. which... Uh, which is good. It doesn't mean that there won't be any boycott calls, of course. Right. That's, uh, you know, that, 
that's obviously uh, going to happen. And unfortunately, we're going to see that uh, when a Paul Beresheva goes to Scotland in Celtic, there is already uh, already talk of having at least 500 people that are going to be protesting a Paul Beresheva being in the tournament. And there will be protests outside of the stadium. I'm sure there may be something, you know, hopefully not inside the stadium because they would be punished pretty severely by UEFA, which is the European uh, the European overhead organization. But uh, listen, it is what it is. Hey, do you have, do you have a do you have a it is what it is? Do you have a clear picture um, uh, of whether, in fact, there was any type of recognition or memorial for the 11 1972 Munich Israeli athletes who were murdered? Uh, at this Olympics, do, do you have any idea if, in fact, that that did occur or not? It actually did occur. Finally, after how many years, Nachum, since 1972, yeah. the Munich Games, finally, finally, the Olympic Committee was strong enough, and were able to they they were able to put aside all the criticism and the negative negativity, and they decided to have in the Olympic Village, a memorial set up, not just for the, of course, the 11 Israeli athletes that were murdered, but other athletes that were killed in terrorist or type of activities. If you remember also 96 of the Atlanta Games, there, right. was, a, there was a small bombing, right. which took the life of, I think, a couple of athletes. So even though it wasn't a separate event, um, it answered the call of uh, Yael Arad, Anki Spitzer, of course, the uh, the wife of Andre Spitzer, who has been at the forefront of fighting for the 11 Olympic athletes that were murdered by terrorists in Munich to be to be memorialized. They were memorialized finally with the head of the Olympic Committee Bach being there. Uh, it was actually a, a very moving uh, ceremony. I was able to watch uh, most of it on TV, and from the people I've spoken to that were actually there, they said it really was very tasteful, and uh, it really also took away a little bit of the criticism of Thomas Bach, who's the president of the IOC right now. Yeah. He had come into the job a couple of years ago, and he'd been. there was some criticism by the Israeli side. Uh, you know, is he a friend of Israel, not a friend of Israel? He had said certain things in the past, but he really has been more than a friend to Israel, and got to give him all the credit that's due to him, really, absolutely all the credit that is due to him, uh, to be able to finally recognize uh, the 11 athletes that were murdered in, in cold blood in Munich. And, uh, you know, they'll, from now on, every Olympic Games, they will have in the Olympic Village a special ceremony for all the athletes that, mm-hmm. were, uh, that, you know, that were killed from any type of terrorist type of uh, activity or Accident. I believe there was also an accident at one point. Yeah, you could always count. Well. You could always count on people eventually uh, memorializing Jews. That that you can count on. Uh, Rabbi Josh Halakman is the sports rabbi. Did you have a notion of going to Rio at all? Uh, I did not. Uh, I'm so busy here with Maccabi Tel Aviv running the uh, the charitable foundation. Now, um, uh, I have I have no time for anything. I am totally involved with Maccabi Tel Aviv and the football club, of course, the soccer club, and. I'm speaking to many groups about Zionism, about Hasbara, about Maccabi Tel Aviv, the great history that Maccabi Tel Aviv has, and uh, just running all kinds of amazing events here in Israel from the youth, from our youth department with organizations. Tonight, one of our sponsors is actually hosting one of our, one of our great partners, one of our amazing, amazing educational partners, and they decided to donate the box for tonight's game to 12 uh, deserving children for that. So they're going to have a VIP 
evening and excitement. We have a great group who stand with us uh, next week, God willing. And uh, two weeks ago, we had a great Taglit group come to us. Uh, mm. It was amazing. I tell you, it's amazing work. It's amazing work. It's done a lot of work. And really, in soccer, nothing. Did you know how long our off season was this year? How long? You know, baseball was four or five months. Right. Hockey, six months, whatever it is. Right. The off season began uh, June fourth or June third or so because there was national team games, and uh, training camp opened on June fourteenth. Two <laughs> weeks of an off season. Can you imagine? I can't Two imagine. Two weeks that. of an off season. Hey, I, I meant to ask you. Um, <laughs> How many people were um, were um, uh, ambivalent about the Cleveland Cavaliers' victory um, because they were supporters of Coach David Blatt, who, of course, was fired by Cleveland in the middle of the championship season? Boy, LeBron James became public enemy number one of them. Wow. <laughs> not so, so not the, to say that people didn't watch. Ever, I'll tell you. Everybody was watching. Everybody was watching, and everybody somehow were big fans of the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> so except the, for one of my children. So the, except for one of my children who was rooting for LeBron. But so other than that, it was he was public enemy number one boy. Woo! So the Blatt fire. Oh so the Blatt firing certainly. Who was he? Was the coach of Maccabi Tel Aviv for a while. The Blatt firing yes. certainly had an effect on Israeli society. Who's the coach now? By the way, who coaches Maccabi Tel Aviv now in basketball? Erez Edelstein, who is a redhead, and uh, the Jinji, he's, uh, he's also the coach of the Israel national team. Mm. Very successful coach. Uh, has uh, is basketball lifer. Uh, we're looking forward to good things with him. I think he's uh, very professional. He knows his, uh, knows his work. Fans are very excited. We had a pretty down year, Maccabi Tel Aviv basketball did last year. One of, their, uh, one of the worst seasons in history. Uh, but things are looking on the up. They signed some good players, and uh, we'll see. You know, time will tell, as they say. You never, you never know in sports. That's why they play the games up. How's Tal Brody doing? He's doing great. Got to bump into him a little while ago. He's fantastic. Uh, he looks great. He's one of the greatest ambassadors. Oh, he's amazing. That Israel has. He's he amazing. really is. And you've met him many times. Yeah, and you, you know what kind of amazing person he is. Uh, the way that he speaks about Israel and Israeli sports uh, throughout the world is, uh, you know, is an amazing accomplishment. The groups that he meets here in Israel also is fantastic. And uh, what could you say? I mean, Tal Brody is, you know, he, he is he's a, a living legend. Now. Yeah, really, he's... he is a legend, living legend. Not only is he a living legend, the presenter today, Modi Baron, at this really a soccer event that I was at at the president's house, he ended. With a quote by Tal Brody, <laughs> and, right. he, and he and he and he imitated his American Hebrew accent as he did it to end this ceremony. The Babe really got a good laugh. The, ba- the Babe Ruth of Israel, right? The Babe Ruth of Israel. He is. Yeah. I tell you, he. I mean, listen, Kibbutz Galayot 101 now. Yeah, 100%. Uh, uh, sports Rabbi, you're the best. Thank you, Rabbi Josh. Always a pleasure speaking to you. And Mazal Tov. Congratulations on Israel's bronze. All right, Nachum, we'll speak to you soon. LL Israel, LL Israel, everybody. Root for Israel. We have another week and a half. We can bring home a few more medals. Turn on those TVs. You know, root for Israel. It's the greatest thing you can do for supporting the greatest country in the whole world. There he is, the great sports rabbi, Rabbi Josh Halakman. Mazal Tov, Israel. Um, that'll wrap up a uh, Wednesday broadcast here at JM in the AM. <laughs> I'll tell you. Even even when it comes to Israeli sports, I can't resist.